This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. We're hot. We're fun. We're crying. But we're trying. We've got looks. We've got books. Also, we're sad. Sad Sad girls who read. Hi, sad girlies. Hello, sad girls. What's up? What's good? Today we're covering Mad Honey by Jodi Picoult and Jennifer Finney Boylan. And oh, this book, Allegra. Okay, I'll give you. Killed it. Thank you so much. This book took me for so many loops. I thought I knew exactly what was going to happen and I gasped, but we'll get to that. We'll get to the gasping. Okay. Mad Honey is a riveting novel of suspense, an unforgettable love story, and a moving and powerful exploration. <laughs> sad oh, girl. Okay. For reference, it's Saturday of a holiday weekend and it's 11 a.m. So we're a bit tired. Yeah, because Allegra is a morning fucking girly. And she said, you know what? Get up and work. She said, no one works. No one these works. Days. She said, get your fucking ass up and work. Get your ass up and work. Okay. Mad Honey is a riveting novel of suspense and unforgettable love story and a moving and powerful exploration of the secrets we keep and the risks we take in order to become ourselves. So well put. Flawless. 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 Before we start, Allegra, how was your week? Are you a sad girl? I love how it's like every other week. I'm like, I'm not mentally ill. I'm so recovered. Everything is phenomenal. This week, I actually, so I saw Prima Fossi. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And Prima I think it totally triggered trauma, but then also massively triggered OCD for me. And like, since Wednesday afternoon, I was just in like the grips of OCD in a way that like, I really haven't been like it switched mm-hmm. themes kind of for me. Totally. Awful absolutely awful. I luckily like my spikes don't last nearly as long as, you know, they used to. So I feel like I'm better now, but God, that was like what I described it as to my friend yesterday was like, my brain was like a torture chamber for 48 hours. And that like really is OCD for people. Like your brain becomes the source of like the deepest pain and this it's like the scariest place but you live there all day long Aaron's nodding she's like yeah <laughs> I'm just like that it's so real it's yeah. too real that's awful I hate it really that. caught me off guard too you know because I have been doing so well and like I don't know I feel like when like a theme switches it does catch you off guard so much especially if it's a new theme and you're like wait never heard this one before maybe <laughs> this one's real yes a hundred percent Oh, God. So that was that rough, but coping honestly with this book, like you picked, like you are two for two. The like I wrote it, so good, <laughs> literally best, like Goodreads, awesome because you're using that right. We love Goodreads. Okay, well I'm glad you're coping, Allegra. I'm glad How you're you. I'm fine. Like I was really good for two days. 
then I was bad for a day, and then I was good, then bad, meh, meh. I'm just kind of like trying to write it out and just kind of like the lead, the le- I think something's wrong with my like cognitive skills. You have coffee. I have coffee. But the more that I like don't resist and I just kind of like accept what's happening, the easier it is to get through it. And that's so hard in the moment. But like a lot of my struggle comes from why am I feeling this way? I shouldn't be feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? I shouldn't. And this guilt that is on top of what's already happening. So I've been working on just like releasing into, I feel like this. And this is, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Okay. And sad girls. Okay. It's July 1st, but on yesterday I signed up for OCD therapy with no CD, no CD, the best. So I'm in therapy, so you can keep listening to our podcast. As I said, if I wasn't in therapy by the end of the month, you could stop listening, but you can't. Now you have to listen forever because I'm in therapy. Um, yesterday. I'll report back. I'll report back and let y'all know how it is, but I'm super excited because my brain is terrifying. Just like Allegra. I've been coping, like I said, like accept it, working on acceptance, more like releasing the grip um releasing expectations on how i think i should feel and reading we love to read you're gonna be so good in ocd therapy because that concept of acceptance is like so crucial in recovery not acceptance like the content but acceptance of the experience whether like unwanted thoughts or feelings or images or whatever it is like it is so counterintuitive but it's like a chinese finger trap the more that you are resisting that the longer Mm -hmm. you get me out get me the fuck out out. (laughs) so you're ahead out of that and i feel so much hope for you because ocd therapy is so life-changing oh my god i'm so excited like i've been trying to do it alone for so long and being like Maybe I can just figure it out. I can't. Ha- guys, I haven't figured it out yet. So really excited to actually be taking the steps to getting getting well. Get well, Aaron. Get, get well. well. <laughs> I'm going to send you a balloon or a cake. Get well soon. Oh, my God. You really should. That's should. hilarious. Hope your brain heals. So, no. Allegra, did you know anything about this book before reading? I knew nothing. And I'm so glad that I knew nothing because last night I was texting with um, the same friend and I brought up the book and said, you have to read it. And she said, Oh, that's about the transgender woman, isn't it? And I would have ruined it for me. That's exactly it. I'm so glad that you and me like last minute picked it and just had no idea because that really would have ruined so much of like the book. We went in with nothing, like fully ready we were a blank canvas. We said, paint me Picasso. I think it's so good to go in blind. Like the more you know, the more, the less uh, room there is to be surprised. And the surprise element in this book, I gasped. Like truly, when they said she didn't have ovaries, blah, 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 she's transgender. I was like, oh, oh yeah, spoiler alert. Um, Don't listen to this podcast yet if you haven't read the book because we're going to literally talk Unless about you everything. don't want to read the book because I hear from some people that are like I don't read the books but I just love listening to you girls talk and like go off oh, okay go off listen to us talk it's a fabulous <laughs> book um so yeah we both didn't know anything we knew nothing but before we get into plot let's talk craft Allegra tell us about the craft of this book okay so it's written by two authors which I was like at the beginning of the book, I was wondering how that would work, but 
it was so seamless for me, at least I did not pick up on two distinct voices. And we read at the end that they really collaborated to make sure that it was one like unified voice. But I think doing that is so damn difficult. Yeah. I don't, I like that. It was like like, seamless. And that's so hard, even for me as a writer, like the, the one thing that I kept getting in my writing classes with my memoir proposal was, and like the sample chapter, especially was like your therapist voice is different from like your writer's lived experience voice. Mm -hmm. Like you have to merge those two voices you have to. And it was so fucking hard for me to merge like two of my own voices. How do you take like two separate authors and bring them in and make this like unified book. Brilliant. Yes. I I forgot many times that two people were writing this. It was so seamlessly one story. I want to interview them and ask them how they did this. We have to speak to them. We have to. Jody, Jenny. Jody, Jenny, are you there? Do they make like a language? Like I don't. Okay. Did did you read at the end of the book how they did it? No. Okay, you must. So like, I'll give the brief synopsis for anyone who didn't read that. Jenny had a dream about this. Oh, I did read that. I did read that. Okay, okay. And so like tweeted and was like, I had a dream that I was writing this with Jody. Jody said, let's fucking go. And then I think basically what happened was Jody was assigned to Olivia. And then um, Jenny was assigned to Lily. But they each decided that they had to write one chapter from the other person's perspective. So Jenny wrote one of Olivia's and Jody wrote one of Lily's. But then what they did is they went through all of the chapters and they both like worked and rewrote and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was like both of their voices. And honestly, I feel like you can't tell which is which. That's epic. Fascinating, right? I like want all books to be written by two people now. It brings such a depth. There was so much depth to this book. I so freaking, much. And what I love it is Jody said basically like she had like she'd gotten so many inquiries from her fans like write a book about someone who is transgender and she said like that's not my book to write mm. and then this happened enters the chats I kind of die that they met on Twitter I mean it's like us like, like the us. internet can be good sometimes not well, Twitter Gabriel would fucking respond to me he's not I love Dom he just doesn't know I exist yet he's too famous for all of us allegra so you wrote on page you wrote page fucking one tell me what you loved about page one this quote punched me in the fucking gut so page olivia is like we'll do a quick character so olivia is asher's mom lily is asher's girlfriend the book swaps off between these two points of view so olivia who is divorced from her abusive ex-husband. So she talks about getting pregnant and how badly she wanted it to be a girl. Mm-hmm. And then was so relieved when she found out that she was having a boy. And she says, quote unquote, better to have a boy who would never be someone's victim. I know. fucking gasped. And it just hit home because like, especially after seeing Prima Fossey this week, like mm-hmm. one of the was like between the ages of 14 and 25, 97% of girls and women have reported sexual assault. How many books have you read in which there are like women, female victims of abuse and assault? And like, I think about that in terms of like having a daughter. Do you? All the time. It's one thing to have a daughter and be worried about her all the time. But also I may be 
scared to have a son too because you have to make sure he's not an asshole. And yes. <laughs> that's yes. hard. It's hard. It's doable. And I, yeah, I think parenting should not be taken lightly. I think that like, and then it also brings in the question of like, your baby is a baby, you know, like when are they male? When are they female? Like we totally are going to cover that in this book, but like, yeah, Mm -hmm. if you have someone who identifies as a male, yeah, like you have got to teach them about respecting woman and consent and like everything that goes into that dynamic. I would be terrified to have a boy too. I'm terrified to have anything. I mean, I'm literally terrified for both. The world is such a, it's a scary place. A shit show. And especially the way that men are showing by example, how to be assholes. You have to step in even more and retrain them. It's, it's a lot of responsibility. I mean, it's terrifying, but the, the, I feel like the irony Okay. Also like that. I didn't get this quote at the beginning, but you know, the quote at the, like, Everyone has uh, like a quote that they put before they start their novel. Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Do you, I didn't get that at first. Okay. But now Ooh. that we look back on this whole book, page one was like, I feel like the irony of, I don't want to have a daughter that's someone's victim. Like Asher was a victim. I know. I what know. did you think about that? Like at the beginning versus like at the end, looking at that quote. I mean, it it blew my mind. This was so beautifully crafted and I want to read it again because I will so, so much was in there that I missed that I want to go back and re-dive into, but hold on. How was it different for you reading it in the beginning and the end? Well, it was interesting at the beginning. Yeah. I knew that something was going to happen, like some kind of assault or whatever it might be. But then like at the end, like Asher really was a victim he was, you know, in the sense of him being on trial and mm-hmm. jailed for this crime that we find out he never committed. And so she had to like go, Olivia had to go back and forth between like, is my son the perpetrator or is my son the victim here? Oh, poor thing. I love, I love them so much. Their relationship made me so emotional, especially like these two main characters who, it's just the mom and them and they're both only children. That's how I am. And it's like such a special relationship. Okay. We find out very early on that Olivia's ex-husband, Asher's dad was super violent, but he didn't know this or she didn't think he knew this on page 15. He got mad about a Facebook password, chased her up the stairs, hammered the door down. The hammer hit her in the face. And then she blamed herself. Yeah, this this abuse was it was awful. It was really hard to read. It made me super uncomfortable. Um, And it was like the start of her. Yeah, like blaming herself. She said seeing him so shaken hurt mm-hmm. even more than my own injury. And so <sighs> she says, like, I shouldn't have been standing that close to the door. And he looks at her and says, you're right. You shouldn't have been. And we'll talk about this more as the book goes on. But the way he snaps back and forth, Allegra, where he's super, super charming and super funny and sweet. And then he'll just snap to being a monster and being violent. What is going on in his brain? Like, It's giving Ted Bundy. 
Mm. Like all of these women would say, he's so attractive. He's so charming. Like, you know, and I think he would like lure these women back to his place. Like, I feel like sociopaths know how to turn it on and turn it off. And Um, it's too, because it's like, they know how they should be like, should in quotes, like interacting in public. And then they're so different when they're in private. And it almost is like, it's so what's the word it's so ma- manipulative manipulative is what it i was is thinking manipulative because it's like i know how to be like the charming wonderful husband and father but then behind closed doors i'm gonna treat you like fucking shit it's a show yeah. you're putting on a yeah. show and that's the whole theme of the book mad honey so mad honey is a metaphor for a relationship that sucks you in with its sweetness until it's too late and the damage is done so mad honey actually is honey that's contaminated with Gryonotoxin, which is poisonous. So it lures you in, it's sweet, then you eat it and it kills you. And that relationship happens a lot in this book. So it happens between obviously Olivia and Brayden. Do you see it anywhere else? I'm trying to think of the abusive relationships. I mean, tell me if you disagree. I kind of feel like Maya had a little bit of that. She acted all sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Maya will will definitely touch on, but something was not right there. Uh-uh. Granted, I, I do think that like it was probably well, she pushed her. I don't think she meant to push her down the stairs, but like No, but it happened and you ran and then you blamed it on yeah, there's something not right up there. There just is something. I also feel like it had to have been um Ava, so Lily's mom and mm-hmm. Ava's partner, who she eventually left because Ava's partner and Lily's dad was so fucking transphobic and abusive. Mm, mm. I don't, I think that Ava probably didn't know that when she married him. No, definitely. So Asher calls his mom page 18 from the police station. And he says, I think Lily's dead. Uh, So hearing about the significance of Olivia going through domestic violence right before her son like that sets you up to think, oh, obviously he did this. Like, we're not dumb. Your dad was abusive. Your dad did this. So obviously you are your father. What did you think? Yeah, I feel like it's it definitely planted the seed. I feel like mm-hmm. that, like the craft of putting that, like introducing the domestic violence from Brayden, Olivia's mm-hmm. husband. And then right after Asher is calling from the police station, I think my girlfriend's dead. Like, I feel like everyone's brain probably went to did Asher do it. And that was like the first seed that was planted. And that seed just blooms throughout the entire book. And it keeps it in the back of your head. Even if like Mm -hmm. Olivia decides to be on his side, then you'll hear another thing of what his dad did. You're like, well, is that in his genetics? And like the difference between genetic, like nature, nurture. Oh, it was so good. Oh, it was. It was so um, the next thing that really like if we're looking at the book backwards now that we've read it on page 19 lily says from the moment my parents knew they were having a baby my father wanted me to be a boy instead he got a daughter every day he took time to remind me of all of the ways i disappointed him not because of anything i'd done but simply because of who i was that like that was so we kind of picked up on it at the time but that was like a, a foreshadowing of what was to come. I I didn't guess at that point that Lily was transgender. And especially because uh, Olivia talked about it. So fucked. It's so beyond. Um, and my whole thing is like, if you are going to be a parent, 
you need to be a parent expecting, not even expecting, you need to be a parent knowing that your kid will be who they are. Like you need to go in being okay with having a transgender child, a gay child, you fucking must. And if you are not okay with that, you should not have kids. Period. Point blank. That's how I didn't ask to be born. You made a decision to have a kid. You show up. Absolutely. And like to have these expectations about this child, like, oh, he's going to be a boy. He's going to be like daddy's little boy. And we're going to play soccer and we're going to do whatever the fuck. It's like that child isn't asking to be born. And like from literally from the time of like contraception, we're already deciding who our fucking kid is. If you're going to have a kid, you need to accept that your kid will be fucking whoever they're going to be. Like, I just can't get behind like, well, I love my kid, but not if they're gay. The, why the fuck did you have a child? You need healing before you, you have a child. If right. that's your, there's no guarantee yeah. of what your, what or who your kid will be or love. Like there just isn't. And yeah, there's no excuses. It, it's no. I, I used to like excuse the boomers. No, grow up. No, no it's just be like, a parent. No, I feel like a lot of people don't think about what it means to be a parent. And it's mm-hmm. like you're having this kid, you don't know who or, or you know, whatever this child will be. Like, you've got to be accepting. You are bringing this kid into the world. You know how you have a driver's test before you get your license? You should have to go through training before you're a parent. And they explain to you these things. Yeah. Hey, like, like it's basic knowledge, but anyone can have a kid. Anyone. So I know. It's so beyond. <sighs> and I just feel for like Lily being born to her fucking abusive father. It's just so awful. I know. And then Asher gives her the Christmas present of reuniting with him. But he has no idea the abuse that he's bestowed upon her and lily is so livid i hated i hate i, I hated I, that but asher didn't but he didn't know but also he knew that they weren't talking and that wasn't his place to just be like i'm gonna facilitate this surprise i would have been so fucking livid i just feel like the common sense there was so fucking lacking and obviously it was like he was still in high school his brain wasn't fully yeah. good. but like you he's a teenager no, I would have fucking died if I were in that situation. I would have lost my shit, but also he was in high school. And also he was trying to overcompensate for the lack of a relationship with his father. He's like, maybe if I can fix this with my girlfriend, then I'll feel a little better. Right. That's that. And I think that he it was like an expression of the pain that he was experiencing because mm. he didn't have a father figure. And I think he thought like. Can Lily have this? I don't have this. I know what it feels like. I don't want Lily to feel like this. Let me bring her father into the picture. Mm. So Asher grips Lily and she said she can tell without even knowing that she's going to end up with a bruise. So and says it wouldn't be the first time. So how uh, even if he didn't push her down the stairs like this isn't this is an issue. Like, why are you an issue? This is absolutely an issue. And that was my thing, too. It's like when she said it wouldn't be the first time I was like, oh, no, like this is her saying Asher has gotten violent with me, you know, even if it's someone so hard. But is she bruising because of that blood disorder? So she she just bruises easily. That's where the 
Yeah. The line. And we never really found out, you know? I do think, though, Allegra, no one should be gripping you even close to that heart. A thousand percent. I agree. Regardless of bruising, if somebody grips you, like I actually had a friend do that to me once. She was like drinking and I went to leave and she was like, wait, and like grabbed my arm. And like, I didn't bruise, but like that made me really fucking uncomfortable. You don't like grip someone's arm ever. So I agree. Regardless of bruising, like should not have happened. And what do you think about violence being passed down? I mean, if you see your father being violent, of course, that's what you're going to learn. But he wasn't with his dad for most of his life. He only saw a few things in the beginning. Is that hereditary? I don't actually know the science of it. But what I will say is like there are plenty of people who grow up witnessing domestic violence who aren't violent Mm -hmm. themselves like I think that Olivia was so worried that it was some like gene that was passed on Mm -hmm. you know which is fair I mean it probably can be not maybe the violence itself but whatever like contributes to that whether it's like a personality disorder or um but there are also people who do witness that and then think that that is the norm who -hmm. think that like I saw my dad beat my mom like that's what you know like that's what we do when we're angry we punch we hit we cut we hammer we do whatever like yeah, I mean, it's a very fair concern to have. And then we find out Asher, as a young boy, he was six, saw his dad beating his mom and gets between. He saves his mom's life. And then the dad throws him across. Like, that stays with you. Like, that has to. There's no way that you forget that. Your head yeah. hit the wall. You were thrown through the air. Like, you have to remember that. But I do love that Olivia ends up saying that, yeah, he got all this stuff from his dad, but he also got stuff from me. And I feel like Asher is constantly fighting against his DNA or his genetics to be a better person. And we see that throughout the whole book, but the authors make a really good through line of suspense. So we don't know, wait, did he do this? Did he do this? But Asher is continually trying to do the right thing. Maybe he'll like lash out and like grab her. And I know that's not like, okay, but What do you think about that? Like, do you excuse those things? It's so interesting. I think definitely not excuse, but like, do I think that Asher can learn? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, like even when we find out that he had like punched the wall at one point, like that scared me. I'm like, oh my God, he punched the wall. But also like, I've gotten mad before and like, like hit my hand down on something, you know, like I'm not saying I've punched anyone. I've not punched anyone, but like, I think that everybody has had a point at like you're driving you stop the car you're mad about something and you're just like fuck and you like slam your hand on the steering wheel you know like I would say almost everyone has had an experience like that so like that one instance of like punching the wall like I don't think it's fair to say that is indicative of like now a violent abusive person mm-hmm. and I'm talking about this in a consultation I did with a therapist and this therapist was saying like yeah if you're a kid hits another kid like you don't call the kid an assaulter like we don't think about kids in that way and that's really interesting to think about or if like Mm. your kid calls another kid fat you don't tell your kid like you are an emotional abuser Mm. so it's it's very hard like I don't think it's excusable but I I also think that like growth can happen Mm -hmm. and like if everyone's worst moments in that way were like I, I don't know you know what I mean I think there's so much nuance here I know. And I really just want to ask Lily, Lily, can you talk to me? Um, how hard was he grabbing her? I mean, was she just that easily bruised? I want to believe Asher 
is not a bad person. I actually don't think he is. And it was interesting because remember when Maya testified and he got up and was like, that's not what fucking happened, Maya. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I think that like he was saying like, no, you know, like, but also we we can't remember the speeding incident where Asher, do you remember that? Where Asher was like driving and Lily kept saying stop, stop, <gasps> stop. So it's like, they're definitely like, he had a temper. He had rage. There were moments where he like acted out on it. And I think that, yeah, he needed to work on like emotional regulation a lot. I don't yeah. think that he is a murderer or yeah. like a violent person. Yeah. And also they wanted us to believe that he did this because he was transphobic and that was never the case. Ever. Ever. Yeah. So on page 79, Asher's oh. his fingerprints were found in the bedroom. I want to know what you thought just because to me, I'm like, well, duh, his fin- he was in the fucking bedroom at one point. Like, I don't get why that was like a whole hang up. That's why I wanted to ask you about it. I don't get that either because fingerprints stay around for months, like probably longer than that. I don't know. I'm not a detective, but I didn't understand why that was a big deal at all. And I also don't think he lied. When I read the book back, he said, like, were you in her bedroom? And he said, no. And then he's like, well, were you ever in the bedroom? And he was like, um, and like his face turned red. And he was like, I was not in her fucking bedroom. Like I, he was talking about that day. Yeah. He was talking about him never having been in Lily's fucking bedroom. Like that yeah. he didn't add up. That was the reason that he got arrested. Like, I don't feel like that's fair. That's not fair at all. It's it, But this happens so much. People are convicted of things they did not do and it's this book really shined a light on the justice system and how fucking flawed it is yeah the like whole reasonable doubt thing and that also was like reading this while seeing prima facie the whole thing of like if there's any hole in the story then like the jury should basically say not guilty like unless you can prove something without any reasonable doubt Mm -hmm. someone is not guilty that's fucking nuts It's really nuts. And it's really the job of the lawyer and not what actually happened, which is crazy, which is so so wild, crazy. Right. It's so fucking wild. So it's like if someone like, you know, like in Prima Fossey, when she like showers after the rape, it's like Mm. so basically like. She's never going to win. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I just didn't get that in, in this. Yeah, I didn't think it, I think it was a way to keep us like on our toes and in the writing. But I don't I didn't understand from the legal point how that made sense to me. I also was like, fuck you, Mike Newcomb. You're supposed but to be Olivia. Like, come on. I know, Mike. But I did love that they ended up together. It was sweet. It was sweet. OK, Lily tells Asher. What do you think she's telling Asher? Because I know what I thought. Okay, so yeah, in chapter three, it says, 10 days after I tell Asher, he still hasn't spoken to me. I thought that she told Asher either that her father was alive or that she ki- tried to kill herself. I thought he, she said one she of those kill herself. Yeah. Yes, one of those two things. I would never in 8 million years have guessed yeah. that she was saying I am a transgender woman. No, not at all. And that really like the suspense was killing me I'm like what did she tell him what did she tell him but she talked about like the scars on her wrists and all that stuff so that's what i figured um yeah yeah a thousand percent so asher is in jail at this point asher gets arrested and 
has a suicide attempt in jail. Mm -hmm. And Olivia is so worried that she has lost her son or will lose her son and says, if your only child dies, are you even still a mother? And then Lily was dead. And that was Ava's only child. What did you think of that? I mean, obviously, like, I feel like once you're a mother, you're always still a mother. It's something. Yeah, of course. Like, but then it got me thinking about like, you know, when like someone's partner dies and it's like, you're now like a Mm -hmm. widow. So it's like, are you a wife anymore? To me, it feels like the same thing. Like, aren't you a wife? But maybe not the same. I don't see. That's where it gets hard because some say like you're not a wife anymore, like your husband's dead or like, but it's like, if you're always a mother, how are you not always a wife? I think like people say like the loss of a child is the hardest loss ever. I'm sure. I mean, I can't imagine a loss that's worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's just a title you receive when you have a child and you're you always consider yourself a mother or I would assume you wouldn't be like oh I'm not I mean I don't know I feel like maybe it's a personal and I feel like if even if like you adopt or like you know what I mean like or even pets like we will always be parents (laughs) (laughs) that was really fucking sad though that was really and then Ava we find out at the end of the book talked about how she lost a son and then mm. lost a daughter. I'm like, fuck. I know. And she had to grieve twice. It really stabbed me in the heart. And I actually liked that Lily honored that in the book. Like when I want to know what you thought about this, when Ava had brought the photo albums mm-hmm. and like, it was of Liam who mm-hmm. that's Lily's dead name. And Lily was upset at first, but then was like, no, like this is a part of your history. And like, you are also mourning. What did you think about that? I thought it was extremely mature of Lily to recognize that her mother did have to grieve in a way. And Lily was so selfless, took all of the energy off of herself and was like, I'm going to show up for my mom and give her what she needs. Because who knows if I could have done that? How, how, is like you don't know you're you're not trans but how do you imagine it's like that to see old photos before you transitioned i like that the experience is talked about because i do think that like ultimately at the end of the day like your child comes first right but i also think that like parents are naturally or even kids if a parent transitions Mm. naturally going to have feelings about it like i think about Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. I remember like Kendall and Kylie and Kim, they were all crying and they were mourning Bruce because Mm -hmm. in a certain sense, you know, like the father that you grew up with, if we're referring to Caitlyn Jenner, like is no longer. And that Mm -hmm. can be mourned. That doesn't mean that you are transphobic. It doesn't mean that you are not supportive. I think it means that like Olivia gave or not Olivia, sorry, Ava gave birth and to, you know, someone who was assigned male at birth had however many years with Liam and like those memories just don't ever go away. Totally. And I think the grace that Lily gave her mom to leave those out really honored who she was and then who she became and who she felt that she always was. I thought the relationship between Lily and her mom was so beautiful in so many ways. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Lily and Ava, they leave completely. The mm-hmm. Their 
dad and yeah because he cuts her hair off and throws her against a wall so sick it's so fucking he sick disgusting and, and i mean there was transphobia everywhere too even at the schools that she was at like mm-hmm. the principal said is there something going on at home because that's usually what a person wanting to transition is indicative of like so much fucking transphobia everywhere, everywhere. and so they leave and lily's mom ava agrees like yes we'll get on um like hormones, we'll do puberty, puberty blockers, et cetera. <laughs> I'm also stroking, but said, I think at first and admitted in the book said like, we're not gonna, I don't want you to like physically transition because it is unnatural was the word that Ava. Mm. but then walk us through the most, honestly, probably the most beautiful moment of the book. The most beautiful moment is her mom bakes her one of those cakes, right? Like, is it a hope cake or a congratulations? Yeah, something a like hope that. Cake. It's like for celebration. And she takes her up to the water tower that you're not really supposed to go on, but her mom knows all the inside tips because she's a what's her official title? Park Ranger. Yeah. And she gives Lily a cake and a balloon that says, It's a girl. And basically is honoring her rebirth into who she always knew she was and she says to her i've always known that you were a girl like this has been my reality as well it was so special and i i cried that page made me so beautiful and also so important because one of the arguments is like well uh, from like transphobic people is like we shouldn't be mutilating kids bodies and how do they know and da, 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 da. and kids do know yeah, it's like we learned in the book, you know, like there is so much nuance here, but some absolutely do. And I think like we we got to see with Lily, like how awesome it was that she could transition before puberty hit. Totally. It and helped every her. Which way. Right. Like she was a woman. They compared it talking about kids and knowing that you are another gender. They compared it to like when you're you write with your right hand and then you try to write with your left hand and like you can do it, but it's really uncomfy and it feels wrong. And then some people can write with both, but just the knowing in your bones and your body of what works for you, that's how she compared knowing she was a woman. And I think that's a really important way to describe it to some people who are like, it's a choice. Oh, like <laughs> shut the fuck up. There were so many great metaphors here. Yeah. There was also the one when she's talking to Elizabeth, who was formerly Edgar, mm. about like what it means to fit into your body. And she talks about it as like being forced to wear size two clothes when you're a size 12. Mm. She says, you wouldn't be able to move comfortably. You'd always be aware of the fact that something pinched. Mm. There could be wardrobe malfunctions and embarrassment when you thought people were looking at you oddly. You'd be constantly thinking about taking off the outfit just so you could breathe. Like the metaphors about being transgender were just so fucking spot on. So beautiful. And I, I love that Jennifer helped write this. I feel like the book would not have worked without her. Her insight was essential to the heart of this book. And I absolutely agree. Like when we are telling stories about like transgender folks, like they need to be, or even, you know, like if this is made into a movie, like we need transgender people playing the characters, you know, like better knows that experience. Like how can you speak to that experience if you have never lived it? Yeah. And it's, 
Yeah, it's icky. Like this goes for a lot of things, like white authors writing black stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, just don't, just don't do it. Just let the people who have been through it write it. Do it. This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. So page 204, Aaron. So Aaron texted me and was like, your draw is going to drop. I just screamed. This was the craziest. I thought we were going to find out who killed Lily. No, I was not what you think. Don't worry. Don't worry. So 204, Jordan tells the pathologist that he rushed through the autopsy because he left it blank next to female genitalia. And then the pathologist says there's no record of the organs because the uterus and ovaries were absent. I assumed you all knew the deceased was transgender, jaw dropped on the floor, had no idea. The whole case has changed. Everyone in the courthouse is gagged. What did you think about this? My fucking jaw dropped to the floor. I have no idea. No idea. And that shows how fucking talented these two writers are. Like that was the last thing I would have fucking thought in this book. And I consider myself like a mystery and thriller. Like I, I always feel like I know what's happening and I can guess what's happening. I had zero clue. This plot twist was brilliant. I don't think anyone, if you haven't read about the book, will know what's coming. But then you look back and you're like, wow. And then it all lines up. But if you didn't, yeah. I have no idea. Planting the seeds. Planting the freaking seeds. So we go to Lily, who's worried about telling Asher she's transgender. Allegra, what did you think about this fear? I thought it was a perfectly valid and rational fear. We live in a super fucking transphobic world. And if you look at what had happened to her before, like her first boyfriend violently abused her, pulled her pants down in front of the entire school, played a prank where they made her homecoming king and queen. Humiliating. Humiliating, dehumanizing, so fucking degrading. Like every instance that she had had thus far, her own father. Mm-hmm. Was it was transphobic and it was violent. So I was like, of course she doesn't want Asher to know. Like she wants to live her life and she doesn't mm-hmm. want the same repeat thing to keep happening. How could you trust someone after that? And she loved him so much. And there were so many instances she wanted to tell him, but then at the back of her head, she just like, it'll fuck it up. It'll fuck it up. And she felt so guilty. So let's move into that piece. Allegra, what do you think if someone is transgender and they're dating someone new and they're being physical, do you think it's their responsibility to disclose that they're trans? This is such an important question. And I feel like it's such a hard one to answer and it's so nuanced and it does touch on like, we'll talk about the secrecy versus privacy that Elizabeth brings up, who was Mm. formerly Edgar. And 
I was actually talking to a friend of mine who is transgender about this. And I said, do you tell people before like you go into a sexual experience? And she said, I do solely because of expectations. And that actually made a lot of sense for me because I think that like, if you are someone who is, let's say, let's say that you are like a cis straight man who is attracted to like women who have vaginas, right? Like, let's say that you really just only like vagina. I think it would be a little bit shocking and you wouldn't be expecting Mm. you to like go into this sexual encounter and, oh, wow, there's a penis now, you know? And like some men just aren't attracted to penises Mm. in the same way that like some gay men just aren't attracted to vagina. Now, of course, that's very different than gender. We're talking about like Mm -hmm. what we're attracted to sexually, but like, I do think in terms of expectations, it probably is important. And I think it also very much so protects the person who is transgender. We know that there is like an exorbitant amount of violence against transgender people. And I would not want someone who is transgender, not disclosing that. And then as we see in the book, right? Like people try to use that as a defense, the trans shock, Mm. whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So like in terms of expectations and even like, it's so hard in Lily's case because Lily had a vagina, like Lily literally was like, what is the difference between her and a cis woman? They're both fucking women. All of 100%. their parts are the same. The only thing that I think like, well, there's two things. I think that like when you're dating someone, you want to learn as much as you can about them. And that was a really important part of Lily's, you know, history. Also, what if one day Asher, like, you know, wanted to have biological children with her and then like 10 years down the line, it's like, oh, wait, I never told you that I'm transgender. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I do feel like that expectation, but it's also so fucking hard because it's like, what do you owe a person? Like, what do you think? I've just rambled. I totally agree with everything. I was thinking of on page 218 when Lily says, so what makes me different at this point? So Lily's transitioned. She has a vagina. She said, what makes me different? A Y chromosome that you can't even see? Is that really the thing that determines the truth of the world? I mean, I, can, I can't I can get pregnant, so there's that. But a lot of women can't get pregnant. And as it turns out, there are even some women who have something called androgen insensitivity disorder, which means they have Y chromosomes and never know it. I don't think it's an invisible chromosome or the inability to get pregnant or anything else that makes people so cruel to transgender folks. I think what they hate is difference. What they hate is that the world is complicated in ways they can't understand. People want the world to be simple. It's just it's so complicated. And I feel I don't know the right word to say, but people that need to have control over other people's bodies, sexualities, gender. Just get over yourself. Like let fucking let people be who they are. It doesn't affect you. Shut the fuck up. Sit down. Right. Would you say it affects you if you were dating someone? Like, would you want to know if, let's say, like you were dating a man that had a vagina? Like, would that impact you then? I mean, I would want to know because it's going to affect the way that we interact sexually. But also, like, I I haven't been in that situation, so I don't know. It's so hard to say. It's so... And that's exactly it. I feel like you and me both have not been in this situation. And by the way, I would 100,000% date a transgender person. And I absolutely agree that, like, 
somebody's body should not at all be regulated by anybody fucking else. I think that the expectation piece makes sense. But then again, like, yeah, I have never been in that situation, you know? And also I think most importantly is like protecting trans people mm-hmm. because I would fucking hate to see someone, you know, say to their partner or whatever, like I am transgender. And then the person like fucking beats them up or kills them. And that is just such a fucking sad reality. It's so fucked up. And this book brought light to so much of what so much of this. go through. And I think it. I, I said this already, but I do think like everyone should read this book to get an insight on the inner life of trans people and all the shit that they have to go through. And there's so many little tiny things that Jennifer talks about that I had no idea were issues. I had no idea they were struggling with things you don't even think about. It's it, it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful book. Anyway, and what I loved too was like when Lily told Asher he was not upset about Lily being transgender, and he says it in the courtroom. Like I mm-hmm. care about who Lily was, not, not what. what. She was. Yeah. And he was upset that she didn't tell him. That was like more so the. I think he felt maybe deceived in that way. And, but then again, it's like, I love what Lily said when she said not being openly trans, whatever that means, hasn't been some crazy plot of mine to deceive people. It's just been the fact of living every day. She just is a transgender woman. Yeah. And she's like, when does it, huh, when, when do, does it stop? When do I have to be, how long do I have to be the token trans person? I, I've lived my whole, like, why can't I just be a woman? Why can't I just live my life? Why do I have to disclose this stuff if I am in my heart and soul and, and, everything a woman why do i have to absolutely tell people right and like she says in the end what makes me different from cis people at this point in my life besides history like what like right if we're yeah it's oh there's so much to think about especially when so lily meets elizabeth in the music store and that was like the first time that i think that lily had met a transgender person yeah and then during so after this has come out in the courtroom olivia drives to edgar's to talk to elizabeth about what it means to be transgender what did you think about that like what was your initial thought on olivia driving there and saying like i want to learn more it was giving like white woman yikes i mean i felt the same way i was like like, not elizabeth does not owe you that it's not her responsibility no it's your it's your job to do it it's it's also like i feel like when it's not the same thing, but like when a child tells their parents, like I'm gay and the parents like, what does that mean? Go look it up. Fucking educate yourself. It is not your child's job. It was never Elizabeth's job to educate her. That was like cringe for me, but I think it highlighted something that happens often, especially in this small town where Elizabeth was one of the only trans people out trans people. Olivia's like, Oh, I, I know a a trans. I know one trans person. And Olivia was like, please, please. And Elizabeth's like, I'm working And Olivia's please. She goes, I love Elizabeth goes, I don't have to please you. Like, that's not my job. But then she does anyways, because she's an icon and we love Elizabeth. Yeah. And I liked what she said. She said, I live in a world where people have misunderstood me and people are misunderstanding or they could be misunderstanding Asher right now. Mm. Wow. But there was so much profound wisdom here. Okay. Mm Two lessons that are so important. Yes, two lessons. Elizabeth says, I was not born male. I was born a baby. I spent my whole life fighting my way to the truth. Lesson one, 
listen up, assign female at birth, assign male at birth, or better yet, trans man, trans woman. So I feel like she's just like laying out these ABC blocks for Olivia, holding her hand. This is what we do. But I like, how hard would it be for her to get on her freaking Google and look this shit up? It's wild. And also like, it makes me think about like, I cringe when I see gender reveals now, but then also I have like, there is that part of me that's like, would I do that? Like, I think that like, we've all been so ingrained to be like, am I having a girl? Am I having a boy? Like there is a part of me. I can't lie. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like holier than thou. Like there is a part of me that would want to be like, I'm having a baby girl. Mm. But it's like, you don't actually know a baby's gender because gender is different from biological sex. Like your Mm. baby might come out with a vagina, but you don't know that the gender is female, like woman. People, and so many people don't know this. I know. And they don't care to know it. Or they also like Candace Owens fucking bigot, or they'll say things like, there are only two, what it's just like, shut the fuck up. Um, Like, have you ever wanted a gender reveal? Do you think about that? I'm not into the bells and whistles like that. I, I mean, because of what you were saying, but also because I just think that shit's stupid. I just it's so it's so dumb. I don't I, I won't. I don't think I'll do a reveal. I want to know, like, I mean, I guess maybe like, but also yeah. like, who fucking cares, you know, but well, it's both, think about both of us. Allegra and I were both supposed to be boys or our parents both thought we were boys because that's how our nicknames for each other started oh my god james and ryan james and ryan she calls me what do you call me brother i love calling you brother comer it's my favorite thing (laughs) brother comer no the the, my umbilical cord was in the way they fully thought i was a boy they just like didn't try that hard to see what i was and i came out they're like oh in interesting you know it's wild though because like think about how we do it with our dogs even right like Mm -hmm. like does bear have anything that's like blue you know like we we do also very much so gender our dogs well i honestly bear prefers to sexually engage with men he has (laughs) a lot of male friends that he likes to hump and i fully believe that bear was gay and i think bear's gay too i can't i don't i don't think differently of him at all i i love the shit out of the dog actually i think he might be bi because he does like to hump some women so back to the book sorry sad girls it is it is wild times lesson two olivia asks you can be trans and straight too duh oh my god but it's like okay we have to know that some people don't know this so i will be kind and compassionate elizabeth says being gay or straight is about who you want to go to bed with do you want to suck dick or eat pussy, baby? Being trans or cis is about, she didn't say that, by the way. <laughs> being, okay, so being trans or cis is about who you want to go to bed as. Everybody, uh, fucking listen up. Sex is different than gender. Sex is different than gender. Than gender. Sex is different gender. than gender. Sex is different than yes. gender. It's so fucking important. It's so important. And that's when Elizabeth asks, why would anyone care if Lily was trans? And Olivia says, you really think it doesn't matter if she kept such an important thing Mm. from him? Elizabeth says, maybe you need to think about the difference between what is secret and what is private. What are your thoughts about secrecy versus privacy? Because you're in a relationship and I'm single. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, in the relationship. In your relationship or in any relationship. Oh, what a good question, Allegra. So 
funny you ask because I'm a ROCD girly. And in the beginning of my relationship, this one and other ones, I felt a compulsive need to literally say every single thing that was going through my mind at every single second and every single thing I've ever been through in my past at every single second. Because it was like this, like, I have to say everything or I am a bad person or I am cheating somehow. But then my therapist like, nope. They're like, no, even in like your relationship with your person, there are things that are like private to you that you keep in your heart. That's not holding things back. That's just having your own life and your own self and your own thoughts. I mean, if you're if you're going against like an agreement you've made on with your partner, like you agree that you're being monogamous and you go outside of that, that's that's a secret. This is beautiful. You said it perfectly. And for people with OCD, I'll give you like the therapist version. I posted something and some people got really fucking pissy about it. I posted on my Instagram one day and I said, you do not owe the content of your obsessions to your partner. And as a matter of fact, you do not even owe to your partner that you have OCD. Mm. And someone messaged me and was like, yes, you do. Like you absolutely do. Like if that impacts the relationship bubble, like you have to tell them. And someone, another therapist came on and said like this is so spot on and it brings up secrecy versus privacy. Your obsessions get to be private. You are not holding a secret from your partner. Your OCD gets to be private. Yes, it might come up in the relationship and you can decide if you would want to disclose that or not. Keeping a secret, like you said, is when you go against something that has been like agreed upon, like cheating or Mm -hmm. killing your partner, whatever the fuck that (laughs) might be, or like having killed someone in the past. Privacy is like, I'm keeping the content of my intrusive thoughts private. Like my partner doesn't need to know that. That does not impact him or our relationship whatsoever. Something I learned that was really helpful in my ROCD group was when you're having an urge to compulsively confess, like I'm thinking this about you and this and this and this, and I'm thinking about this is to not say any of that. That's bad, bad, bad to just instead say, I'm struggling with some, you can say anxiety or or some OCD or some ROCD thoughts, and I would love some support. But that's it. You are not allowed to say anything else. You are not allowed to go through every single one because I used to go through every single one, and that didn't that doesn't go well. Well, luckily my partner is like the most patient and understanding person, so he's just like, oh, okay, interesting, interesting. I, he's like, okay, well, wow, that's a cool thought um but that's not that's not healthy and like i used to do that with friends too i would feel like i needed to like confess certain things it's not oh and it's not lying like you get to find your partner annoying or your friend annoying or whatever and like it does in those situations it honestly hurts them more to confess that i don't need to know every single time that my friends think i'm annoying you know unless they feel the need to tell me it like we are entitled to have our own feelings that don't always need to be on blast Hundo percent. And going back to Lily, I keep going back and forth, but I do feel like this is her. It's her. Yeah. Her thing to hold. Like right. it's hers. And I think that it probably, I don't know, like, is it case by case? I don't know. But like at this point, like we said, Lily was fully transitioned. Mm-hmm. Like what difference does it actually make to Asher? What but, difference does it actually make? True. But also, I believe. That if he's the right person for her, then he should understand. He should understand. So maybe like 
she should tell him just to make sure that he is the right person, the right supportive partner. Wow, that's a really great. You know what? That's really interesting, too, because, yeah, like you don't want to find out that you're married to like a bigot or a transphobe. If you, you know, like, and that's kind of how I feel about my OCD. I do not believe that I owe it to anyone, but like, you know, if this memoir comes out and does well, and I hope it does, like I'm, it scares me because I think about like, well, what if like my OCD turns people off from wanting to date me? Like I don't owe it to my partner, but I definitely want my partner to know about my experience because if they are awful about it, then you're not just being awful about my experience, but the work that I do every single day with clients. So you're spot on there. It's not the person for me and it would not be the person for Lily. I think that's like such a beautiful angle to look at it as. I think it's actually like a filter you want to use for you. It's like the people that can't deal with it are not right for you. They can't support you and you don't want them. Nobody wants that. Yeah. I think it's a great way to kill off the idiots. Anyway. The trial (laughs) ensues. The trial ensues. Olivia basically thinks Asher did it. What did you think about that? Like we get to the parting court where she looks right at Asher and basically says like, yes, it's, it's possible to love someone who is abusive. What were you thinking in that moment when she fully lost trust in her son? That broke my heart. And also like we're following her point of view. So I kept going, whatever she was thinking, I was kind of going with her and it broke my heart because that's a really hard thing to gain back is losing trusting your child and letting him know that you do not trust him and you think he is capable of something as bad as murder i mean i was a little bit nervous at that point i was kind of worried that asher did do it like i feel like they really were painting the picture and like all of the clues pointed to asher is a liar and he has done this but i also think back to what we talked about earlier and like who didn't lie and cheat on a test in school? Like I fully in like sixth grade cheated on my math test and got caught with the girl next to me because both of our answers were the same and wrong. So oh you God. know, like who hasn't? And I don't think that that then makes one a murderer. Like it was a big leap. No. Like teens crazy with they- stupid shit all the time. It doesn't mean you're a fucking murderer. No, and you're a teenager, you're learning, you're making mistakes, you're figuring shit out. That shouldn't be held against you in court. Absolutely. If, if any of us went to court, like we would all be convicted because they would be I mean, like, I oh, would. you like, fucking lied in the sixth grade. You, yeah, a thousand percent. I would look like a huge, like you cheated on your math test. I sure fucking did, honey. And it was not a good look. You know, the most pathetic part of it, I think, is that this is an offside story, but I think I knew the right answer, but I wanted the girl next to me to like me. If that tells you anything about how fucked up I was as a child. Oh my God, in high school, we cheated so much on on tests. But also, have I used one thing from high school math in my life? No. So who's lost high school? Oh my God, this is the question I really, really, really want to ask you. Ask me. Would you still, because Olivia gets to the point where she asks her, so her brother Jordan is the lawyer. Selena, his, his wife is the investigator. She asks Selena, do you think Asher is guilty? And... Selena says, you're asking the wrong question. You're going to support him, whether he's living upstairs at home or in the state penitentiary. Even if he's convicted, Liv, he'll still be your kid. Aaron, do you still love your child if they have murdered someone? What do you think? I don't have a kid. I don't know what I would feel unless I'm in the situation. But I can imagine from what people say about the love they have for their children, it's not something you can just turn off, even if 
they have done something that horrific. But I don't know, because like killing someone is very bad. What would you do, Allegra? I agree with you. I don't have a kid, so I don't know. But like we talked about, I feel like the love from what everyone says, the love that a parent has for their child from like, I mean, conception, but also like the moment that like you touch them after birth, like that just doesn't go away. It just doesn't go away. I mean, think about the love you have for your dogs. I think about my love for Bear. If Bear killed someone. Okay. I just, I love, <laughs> like, I mean, I think about that and I still, he didn't, you want to, you want to like, you want to justify things that your kids, you know what I mean? We're talking about our dogs like they're our children, but you want to believe the best in them. Do you think that good people are capable of doing bad things? Like, can a good person murder someone? I know that's such a hard question. That is, that's an that. epic question. I'm going to like think about that and get back to you. Do you have an okay. answer you want to share? Okay. Well, no, I think good people can do bad things. Of course, yes. all the time. Do I think a good person can murder someone? That feels very extreme, but like, can a good person, you know, do something terrible? Like, cheat on their partner or punch someone or like yeah that can absolutely definitely. happen it's not so black and white but like murder definitely feels a bit extreme yeah murder's very very again bad um <laughs> don't murder anyone we do not condone murder so then they're sitting at the bar selena okay. selena's gorge gorge i can like imagine what she looks like and Selena's taking hormones because of her hysterectomy and she bruises really easily. And then she realizes, light bulb, that Lily could have bruised easily too. So then they look this up. Another pathologist testifies, says he believes the cause of death was different. He believed from the autopsy Lily had a blood disorder called TTP that is life-threatening. And the brain bleed was excessive because of the TTP. So there's a TTP is there are fewer platelets in other parts of the body to help with clotting and someone with TTP will bruise very easily. I wonder if I have, I bruise really easily. You can get TPP by being on hormone therapy. So this takes the case to a whole other place. This was like another gaspy moment. What did you think? Did you think that this was the cause of death? You know, it was interesting because I thought that there was like foul play that something happened because I like, does falling down the stairs, even if you hit your head, does that really kill someone? I mean, I'm sure it does. I don't want to say that it doesn't, but I was a little bit taken aback. I thought that there was going to be something else in the murder. I thought that we were yeah. going to find out that she was actually stabbed as well. Like, I just didn't know. Stabbed? Yeah. Like I, okay. So uh, my whole theory was that one of the dads did it. We both thought, thought that, one of the dads yeah. did it. So I thought that like there was like the fight upstairs and like someone got stabbed and then pushed down the stairs. So the head was bleeding too. Mm. But it did make sense that like when the doctor said there was an abnormal amount of blood that like maybe that kind of hemorrhaging wouldn't have happened like Mm -hmm. if that disease wasn't present. And then it brings up like the bruises. Was it because the member the bartender said to Selena like here's a free drink on me. There's help. And she was like, the fuck are you talking? Yeah. Because like her husband doesn't hit her, but she had these massive bruises on her. She said, I tell him to do that in the bedroom. And that made me, I said, I said, okay, icon. That made me think like Asher maybe didn't touch her that hard. And it really wasn't, if Selena could get bruised that easily, you know what I mean? It did bring up like, oh my God, did Asher really not even like, yeah. Yeah. Wild. Uh, I thought the blood disorder was like, I thought that was the breakthrough and that was going to be the end because that all did make sense. I thought I had a blood disorder. I was like, 
getting all these tests like two years ago and it makes you bruise really easily and all this stuff. It can affect so many things. So this would actually make a lot of sense. So I was like, oh, this is it. So we find out he's not guilty after a billion years of deliberating. God bless. Did you think wild? I was going to be it was going to be not guilty. If it was guilty, I would have thrown the book and like I would have been pissed. I was cheering, like literally cheering in my living room. Same. But I was also devastated because A, like Lily is dead and there are no answers. Like, why could I be cheering? But also Asher's life is permanently ruined. Yeah, just, he can't go out without people staring. He doesn't have friends. People are calling him like they called him a, a slur for someone that chases trans people. So yeah, much stuff. So it's like, I just feel like there is it reminds me actually of amanda knox was that her name her roommate in italy when she was studying abroad was murdered and then she was basically convicted wow how do you live a life after that like when every headline in the news is saying like you've murdered someone yeah and you walk around and they're like oh there's the person that was on trial for murder even if you didn't do it even if you didn't do it there's still that seed i think that's in your mind of like but did they do it yeah why were they on trial Right. If they didn't do it, why were they in court? Or the justice system is trash. So then we find this Maya. Oh, that girl needs help. That girl. I I from the beginning was like, this girl is too jealous. She loves Asher. I knew from the beginning she loved Asher. I'm trying to say she didn't. I knew she fucking did, but I did not know she was this fucking crazy. We basically find out. Spoiler alert: that Maya had gone to Lily's house because she was upset that Lily wasn't talking to Asher. thought that Lily was treating Asher like shit. Asher was her best friend. Maya's in love with Asher. So they get into a fight because Maya takes Lily's phone and tries to text. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's over. No need to come over. And then Lily grabs the phone. They get into a tussle and Maya pushes her and she falls down the stairs and dies. And then Maya flees the scene. And th- that's what's so fucked up is not only did you flee, like I could get being scared, but then you got on the stand and you testified against Asher when you know damn well that you were the person that killed her. And then she didn't even get a trial after they no, I thought, yeah, I just know that all happened was fucked. Like it, you lied on the stand. Like, would you ever be able to forgive Maya again if you were Asher? No, no. no never. I, I wish that I kind I I thought this book was unbelievable but i do kind of wish the book ended ambiguous and you didn't know if Maya was going to trial or not because the fact that they were like that made me so mad yeah the fact i just i actually found it believable unbelievable that she got off scotch free you know and like it was an accident but the the fucked up thing for me is like you lied on the stand and if she would have called the ambulance right when it happened, she might have still been alive. Yeah, it's really actually that brings up a good point. So was it an accident or was it accidental homicide? Right. Girl. So like if you you're right, it's like negligence. Also, if you totally the ambulance, but she ran instead, which were we made to believe that Maya wanted her dead or no? Did you ever think that? I think a part of her just wanted to be closer to Ash or whatever that meant. Which is fucked up. Maya. It's so fucked. Maya get- I didn't see that coming. And I actually was worried that we were going to end without figuring out who killed Lily. And I would have been pissed. Well, I'm so glad we found out. Yeah, no. If that book ended, it would have just felt like 
an itch that never got scratched. Itch, itch. So Allegra, we love this book. What did you rate it? Five out of five. Hands down. Five out of five. Five out of five. Five out of five. Five out of five. Samesies. Like, five out of five. Erin, you're on a roll. I'm on a roll. I'm on a freaking roll. And hopefully, hopefully next can... is good. I know. Have you started it? I got one page, but I was literally so tipsy for my Aperol spritz. I was just like, laying outside, like doing nothing. Not one page. I was um, so tired that I, you know, when you drink, when you're tired and one drink knocks you out. Yes. That was me. Like one page in, I was like. <laughs> so my little mini cast situation is Lucas Gage, the the White Lotus guy. I want him to be Asher. It's giving Dylan Mulvaney for Lily. So my friend Rachel Hilson, I hope she listens. She's the first person I thought of for Maya. She was in like This Is Us and Love Victor and stuff like that. Okay, wait. So which This Is Us character? She was young Beth. Oh my God. Young Beth was gorgeous in college. She's the prettiest person I've ever seen in my whole life. Okay. Also, wait, did I tell you who I saw in my lobby? Who? You're about to shit your pants. So apparently on the 11th floor of my building, there's a really big producer. And he walked in the other night and I was in the lobby talking to my neighbor at Gag. And um, he walked in with Randall's biological father in the show. He walked in with him. I wanted so badly to be like, I just want to say that I love your work. Okay, sad girls, we we freaking love you. Love you. Next week is Hello Beautiful. And uh, oh, oh, we have merch coming out soon. We're, we ordered we the actually merch. do. Yes. So get ready to have your sad girl swag on. It's definitely going to be ready in the next month. So we love you, sad girls. Have a we good, a good weekend. Kisses. Adios. Bye, sad girls. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe and follow our show. It's the way that we can get the word out about our sad girl podcast and more sad girls can find their community. And if you'd like to follow us on other platforms, we're on Instagram at sad girls who read and TikTok at sad girls. Good books. We love you, sad girls.